Welcome to the On My Way podcast. I'm your main man, the Big Easy. All right. We got a special interview today, man. Another one of my homies from the 407 Sanford, Florida. All right, man. Mr. Steven Bonilla, man. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great, man. Yourself? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Man, happy to have you on, man. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. I've been seeing that you've been uh you've been doing really good things with your with your barbering, man. You know, uh, you know our fans. This is a, a aspiring celebrity barber down in our hometown of Sanford, Florida, man. He's been he's been killing it. Yep. Man, where where's where your uh, shop located? My shop's located in in Lake Nona, Orlando. Okay. In Lake Nona, Orlando, named Hot Tops Barbershop. It's well known out there in that area. So. That's awesome, man. And, and is your shop? No, 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 no. It's not my shop. Um, I mean, I work there. I'm one of the. I'm one of the barbers out of twelve barbers. I'm one of them that works over there for oh. the owner, um, Daniel. Okay. Okay. Cool, man. So, uh, tell tell the people a little bit about yourself. I mean, I'm 23 years old, aspiring to celebrity barber from Sanford. I was. I was born in Puerto Rico and raised in Sanford, obviously. I'm also a twin, if you guys didn't know. Yeah. I'm a twin. How's Michelle? Um, she's doing good, man. She's doing all right. Good. Um, I graduated Seminole, Seminole High School. Um, I started barbering in 2016, and I have worked in a couple of different shops in the, in the Central Florida area. And right now, I'm currently working at the barbershop that I just mentioned, Hikas Barbershop in Lake Nona, which I'm getting to meet a wide spectrum of celebrities from professionals, um, from professional players to lawyers to music artists. And, and I'm young, but I'm striving for my goal of being a full-time celebrity barber. So that's one of my ultimate goals that I'm working on. That's awesome, man. That's amazing. So, uh, you know, I've, I've known you since about sixth grade, man, since the millennium days, you know? Um, yeah, millennium. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, what what inspired, uh, you know, your, your passion of, of barbering? I mean, it – how do I put it? Um, I've always, like, since I was, like, 14 years old, since I was, like, 14, I've always – I've always been curious and like interested in becoming a barber. And I've always, you know, in school, I've always wanted to have a fresh cut in school. You know, like I always, I looked up to my personal barber as well growing up. And, and I remember um, me getting a haircut made me feel good about myself. So I wanted to be able to make other feel that way too. You know what I mean? Definitely, man. I wanted them to feel good about themselves also. So, no, definitely, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's, I just asked, you know, because I never really, you know, knew, uh, you know, that's what you wanted to do. Do you feel like that's something that you kind of like fell into? Is it something that, you know, in high school, when we're getting ready to graduate in 2015, like you kind of like thought about it a little bit, you know, um, you know, creating that after high school plan or like, you know, like what was, what was the, uh, the track to making this decision? I mean, when I was in middle school, I didn't even, like, I thought about it, but I never, I never thought it was going to be a career. 
you know, I just thought about it as a hobby. Like I just wanted to cut hair and I felt like, I felt like I had a talent, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> without even knowing how to cut hair, I just felt that I felt that I was, I was going to be very talented in cutting hair. And, and in my high school years, in my high school years, I, I thought about it, but in that position, my parents also thought it was like just a hobby. Like it wasn't a career, like it wasn't like a career job for me in the future. And, and before I did the barbering, I also studied, um, to become a firefighter before right. I became a barber, before I went to school. Yeah. I went to, I went to EMT school after high school and I, <laughs> I like, I didn't like it. You know what I mean? I, like I went and it wasn't, it wasn't for me. You know what I mean? Like I finished the whole thing, but at the end of the day, I, I always had barbering in like in my mind like I wanted to be a barber and and what I and and that's what I did you know after I finished EMT school I went straight to barber school and and I jumped in into that you know and it turned out to to be to be a blessing you know and to be able to learn like to learn the craft and get better every day so it just led me to that that's good, man. I actually do remember uh, seeing, you know, going through your process of EMT school, you know, once I went off to college and everything. And I was happy, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you know, we always just, you know, strive to be something, you know, coming where we're from out of Sanford. You know, we, we're always exactly. pushed to do something. But I'm even happier mm-hmm. to see that you're doing what you love to do and not what, you know, you can do or have to do. Um, yeah, absolutely. Man, how, how important do you feel that it is, no matter what it is that you're doing that, uh, you work in what you enjoy doing instead of what you have to do. Like, like I said, you know, mm-hmm, exactly. Like, like how important do you feel that that is to choosing, you know, your career? It's like, like I said, it's, it's something I love to do. Like it's a passion. It's like me going to work is like, <laughs> it's like me doing something. I feel like it's not work. You know what I mean? I feel like it's just, it's just me hanging out, me doing what I love to do, you know, like without even stressing about that. I have to like clock out or I have to leave work at this time. You know what I mean? It's something I enjoy doing. So I really don't pay mind to that. And, and it's just, it's just, it's something like, it feels good when you go to work knowing what you love to do. You know what I mean? Instead of going to work all pissed off or stressed, you know, like you got to do this, you got to do that. You know, you just feel, you just feel like it's, it's, it's something natural, you know, like comfortable where you just go to, into that atmosphere and that environment and, and just cut hair, you know, Definitely. my comfort zone. Definitely, man. Did anyone help, um, influence your decision? You know, I know your parent. you said your parents, they kind of wanted you to, you know, have more like a career based job, you know, probably something, you know, with benefits, retirement plans, something like that, but you know, did you have anyone pushing you to say, like, look, man, this is what you love doing, do it? I mean, when I was in EMT school, when I was in EMT school, I had I had a couple buddies that were that was in class with me and 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 we would talk like I would talk about my career going through EMT school, you know. I was like, Hey, I wanna become a barber, you know, like right right in like right in the middle of, of class. Like 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 we would discuss it and they were like, Yo, if that's what you like to do do it you know what i mean do it and and like that kind of 
motivated me and pushed me in a way to actually become a barber and go to school and get education. And also my barber as well. He's from Sanford with Fredo. Um, he used to work in Sean's Barbershop back then in Sanford, Florida. I don't know if you know where Sean's Barbershop is at. Yeah, Sean was actually yeah, my first barber. Really? Yeah, man. When I was a kid, uh, my mom used to get uh, her hair done by our cousin, Sonia. Um, Sonia and, and Sean used to work in the same shop. And then Sean used to okay. cut my hair when I was a kid. Okay, sweet. Um, he used to, um, my barber used to work there. So, so I used to get a haircut at Sean's all the time when I was young. And, and in a way, I would look up to him and, and I would always ask him questions, you know, on, on like, on like why he did that and stuff like that, you know, and, and he's very detailed, like he's a very detailed barber and he likes everything perfect, you know, and, and that's what he, he also encouraged me to become a barber. So while I was at school learning, he would also, I would like, I would get out of school and he would. He would, um, I would go to his barbershop because at that time he already had his own barbershop in Sanford. Right. So, so I would go after school and I would actually cut, like, I would actually cut, like, my friends, you know, like, from school. I would actually cut my friends and he would teach me. He'll give me a few pointers and stuff like that. And, and that's, and that's how I started actually, you know, that's what pushed me, you know, and motivated me to become a barber, you know. Because it's something that I love to do, and and eventually you'll succeed. You know what I mean? Because you put in that work. Definitely, so, man. Tell us a little bit about you know your experience with barber school. Like you know what goes into you know going going to school to become a barber. I mean, going to school was something new to me. Like it was something totally different from EMT, of course, and and it was it was a whole it was different. Like it was different. I was like, when I first stepped in, I was like, wow, like this is, you know, like you see all the, all the girls doing, doing girl hair, you know, like cutting. And I was like, Oh wow. You know, because it was, it was a school. It was a school that offered nails, nail techs. It was for barbers, cosmetologists, massage. And it was a lot of, a lot of programs in that one school. And and it was something it was it was something tough because I didn't know nothing about barbering. I didn't know nothing at all. And and the way I grabbed the way I grabbed the clippers for the first time was 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 very, you know, like it was very difficult and it was a tough it was a tough experience, but but it was worth it at the same time because while I was in school, I was already working at a barbershop. I got the I got an opportunity to work at a barbershop in Apopka, Florida. It's called In and Out Barbershop. Okay. And while I was still learning in school, I was actually cutting hair. So like I was only working for a couple hours, you know, like after I got out of school, I would work like four hours, you know, and start cutting. And that's how I broke. That's how I actually like, that's how I actually started working, you know, and started getting a little more of confidence and started learning little by little, but it was very tough while I was working at the barbershop. I was very nervous and and I was messing people up too, so it was a it was a good and bad experience at the same time, you know. Definitely, yeah. and, and uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, especially nowadays, you know, they take their hair very serious, you know. So I understand that. Yeah. It would, yeah, yeah. yeah, it would definitely be kind of nervous. Like, man, I'm still in school, man. Don't kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, um, it was, 
it was crazy. It was times where where I was cutting and I didn't even know what I was doing. You know, <laughs> I used to look at the barber next to me and I was like, "Yo, um, what do you do next? What do you do next?" Because I was in I was in school, so I was still learning. You know what I mean? So it was a process, and and I was sweating, sweating. I was sweating a lot, man, sweating a lot, and. And sometimes I didn't want the client to know what was going on because I didn't want him to feel uncomfortable in my chair, you know? So I would like secretly go to the barber and be like, Hey, what should I do? And this and that. And, and there was, and that's how I actually learned, you know, by them showing me and, and guiding me. Man, I was just going to ask, did, did you give it away to the, to the uh, clients, you know, that you didn't know what you were doing and that you were nervous, but you say you kind of hid it under wraps. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't tell them I was in school or nothing, obviously, because then they wouldn't get a haircut with me. But, <laughs> but I, I had a, I had a, I had a, I had to be confident about what I was doing. You know, like the the client when he walks up to you, he has like when he looks up to you, you have to look confident. You know that you know what you're doing, even like even though he didn't know what you were doing. But I had to put like an attitude where like I knew what I was doing. So he could feel confident to sit down in my chair and, and, and those, and that's what you can't really act nervous, but at the same time, it's very difficult not to, not to be nervous because I would have a towel next to me just to wipe off all the sweat I had in my forehead. You know, like it was, it was, it was tough. It was very tough. But at the same time, I'm grateful for that opportunity because I, um, because, because I learned a lot from those barbers in that barbershop. There were a lot of great barbers working with me. And it was a huge barbershop. It was uh, it was twelve barbers, including myself. So it was it was a lot of a lot of people, a lot of walking traffic. It was a lot of people coming in and out of the door. So it was a very, very, very busy shop. So it was it was something that I was very you know, that I didn't expect. Like I was very nervous. Because there was a lot of people. A lot. Right. And, you know, one thing, you know, about barber school is that they teach you, you know, what to do the the, you know, the proper techniques and everything else, but they can't teach you like your flair, your style, man. What do you feel like you do differently than any other barber out there? Like, what's your niche? I mean, obviously, when you go, when you start working as a barber, you have to you like you have to find a style like you have to find your own style you have to create your own your own your own style like i can't like say like say i'm i'm looking at a barber and he's doing it this way and like you don't have to do it exactly how he does it but you could try to implement a lot of things in the way you cut you know like i could grab a li- like i learned a little bit from this guy from that guy from that other barber and you start, you start adapting, like you start like um, you start creating your own style. You know what I mean? Like from each barber, you can't just be like, oh, I want to be like this barber. You know what I mean? Like you can't. You know, like you have to create your own style of cutting hair. So it taught me. It taught me. It taught me a lot of things, and to be very detailed. I'm a very detailed barber. So, so that's what I focus more on, on the detailing, you know, cause it's very important cause you could do a haircut in 15 minutes or 20 minutes, but it's not, it's not as, it's not as detailed as you want it to be. And I try to, I try to, 
I try to give that to my clients. You know what I mean? That attention, that detail, that's like my top priority right now. And, and it's very important because those clients, those clients are also promoting you as well, you know? So. Right. So, so would you say that you're like, what separates you, your niche is your, your attention to the detail and like the, the care you take with each client? Yes, correct. Okay. That's awesome, man. What what would you say is the best advice you've been given so far on your journey? Best advice? Yeah. Um, I mean, the most important thing is to humble yourself. That's 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 something very important, and and let others teach you when you're stuck. When you're stuck at something, let someone teach you and actually help you get through the haircut. Um. And don't be too prideful because everyone starts somewhere. And and keep in mind, every barber has been where you're at right now. You know what I mean? So where like they've been, like they've been in your shoes before. So so that's the best advice I could give them to humble themselves. How to humble you, yourself? Definitely, man. Do you do you think uh, that you incorporate that same advice into like your everyday life outside of the shop? Um, yes, um, I would. I would always observe fellow barbers when I didn't have a client in my chair, and I would also ask them questions a lot that I could even apply their techniques to my everyday cuts. And um, and you never stop learning. You learn every day. You learn every day. So I let myself like I I see barbers telling me, "Oh, you could do this differently." Even though you know how to cut hair, but you learn every day. You know, you learn different techniques that you didn't know. So in barbering, you never know at all. You always keep you always keep learning. You always keep learning a lot. And also the um the style of hair and barbering changes and you always have to be prepared for that also. Like there's different styles. Like in two years there's a different style. So you have to learn how to do those styles as well. So it's always, you have to be updated with every, with the latest style that comes out as well. Man, I've always wondered, like, how do y'all keep up with those, like those styles? Like I remember in elementary school, everybody was getting faux hawks, <laughs> mohawks. Now, like, you know, it, yeah. it, it changes like dramatically. Like it seems like every like from elementary to middle school to high school to now as grown men, like I've seen numerous different styles of, of hair. Like how do y'all keep up with something that's new? Like, you know, like, is it like one barber who knows it? Then, you know, you kind of just pick up on it and, or you kind of like get an idea and, and, and run with it. I mean, every time, like say I'm out and about, I'm walking around or I see someone with a different hairstyle. I just look at them and I'd be like, Oh, like I, like I'm already creating an image in my head on how I could, how I could do that hairstyle when I'm cutting. You know, like I'm already looking at it and I'm like, oh, I could do this, I could do that to make it look just like how that person had that style. You know what I mean? Like you start, you start building the, you know, like you start building and you start moving the pieces around and and that's how you get the style. Like in my mind, I create it and then I do it. And sometimes their styles that I didn't know how to do and, and there was other barbers doing it. So I would ask them like, like, how do you do this haircut? How do you do an afro? How do you do this? How do you do that? And then you try to be an all around barber and try to do every style that there is right now. 
And and back then in middle school, they used to do like the double edge. I don't know if you ever seen people with the double edges uh, in middle school. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I yeah, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. It? Yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with the double edge? They yeah. Do like, like two edges. Yeah. The whole, and like that was a style. And there's sometimes I've done it before, but that was back then when I was in middle school, and I've done it right now. You know, like each style comes back. You know. So, like the flat tops, they used to do flat tops back in the nineties, back in in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah, you know, and then they bring it back to life again, and and then we do flat tops too. You know what I mean? Like styles come and go, and and there's always a lot of a lot of stuff, like a lot of new styles. And I try to, like, I try to attack it. Like when I see a new style come out, I try to find someone that has the similar hair or the texture, and then. I do it, you know what I mean? So I could practice it. So when, when someone wants that exact haircut, I already know how to handle it. But it's 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 something you learn, you know. Definitely. Do do you feel that you have to be more of a master of the technique or a master of the client in your profession? What do you mean? Like, do you do you focus more on like, you know, new barbering styles when when as you progress throughout your career? Or do you focus more on like your client relation and like making like, you know, good suggestions based on like someone's hair texture or personality or something like that. Yeah. Um, I have came, I have come across clients that, that they've, they've done the same hairstyle for like 10 years, the same one, the same one for like 10 years. And sometimes I suggest the client, I'm like, Hey, um, if I could give you a different, like, would you mind if I give you another haircut that will, that would suit you, you know, by the way of their personality, the way, the way, the texture of the hair, like everything, like, um, it could be, it could, it could be about the texture the personality and the way they style their hair. I could find something that will give it like a little touch, you know, like a little, like a little pop. Like, um, and then sometimes they could say yes. Sometimes they say no. Some of them actually trust me and they let me do it. And then when I give them that specific haircut that I wanted to give them, they start getting that same haircut that I suggested them. You know what I mean? And they were like, damn, I didn't know. I didn't know this hairstyle. You know, I could have done this 10 years ago. You know what I mean? And then I start, I start trying, like, I start being creative with them. You know what I mean? Like, there's something that you could rock. Like, if you could rock a mohawk, I got you. You know, like, let me do a mohawk. You know, you're going to look, you're going to look great. You know what I mean? I try to, I try to change up their styles. You know, if they don't want to, then it's up to them. But it's my suggestion. You know what I mean? If you want it, I could do it. If you don't like it, then we don't have to do it, you know? But I give them a chance to taste different hairstyles, you know, and to see which one suits them the best. But I usually, I usually refer the best one. I always recommend the best one and, and, and it's become, it's become a better, a better outcome. Like they actually have stayed with that hairstyle that I suggested them and, and they still rock it. So. Definitely. So like, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I have to imagine that every so often you have the, you know, the occasional unsatisfied client or it didn't come out exactly like they thought it would. How do you handle those type of situations? Um, I always try to communicate with my client. That's very important before when I sit them in my chair, I always try to communicate with them 
to meet, like, to, you know, like to come to an agreement before I start cutting his hair. You know, like I always clarify things. I double check. I ask them twice. Are you sure? Is this what you want? Yes. You know, sometimes they have, sometimes they bring their phones and they look at Google pictures, like of haircuts. Mm-hmm. And like they Google like different styles of haircuts on Google. And, and I try, I tried to satisfy them. So, so if, if by any chance a client is unsatisfied and they are willing to give me a chance to fix it, I will ask them what they didn't like and I will try my best to satisfy their hair needs. And if a free haircut is what the client is looking for, I would, I would explain that unfortunately I cannot give them a free haircut because that's a service I gave him and it took time on, you know what I mean? I took time on it. So it's like, I wouldn't give a haircut for free if that's what, you know, they didn't expect it. You know, like the come, like the outcome of it. But I try, I try to understand them. You know, like like it's very important for you to understand them and for you to communicate with them. You know, if they're in the middle of the haircut and or if I finish and they didn't like it, I ask them what's wrong with it. You know, like I ask them what you don't like, what you like. You know, and I try to come to a conclusion and meet what they want. You know what I mean? And sometimes it it's. Like sometimes they they come out of my chair happy, you know what I mean, and satisfied. So, so yeah, it's it's very it's very tough, you know. Definitely, you know, um, you know, I, earlier, you know, when uh, you're telling us about yourself, you know, you uh, you're an inspiring celebrity barber. You've had the opportunity to cut, uh, you know, a couple celebrities, uh, college athletes, professional athletes, uh. Um, tell us, you know, tell us a little bit about the people you've had the opportunity to cut and how that's helped, you know, mold your career to what it is now. Yeah, I have cut very, very, very few celebrities, but that's what this is about. You know, my journey to become, you know, cutting a lot of them, you know, like to become a full-time celebrity barber. But I came across um, with Brad Daughtery. I don't know if you know, if you're familiar with him, Brad Daughtery. Uh, basketball um, player. He's a, yeah, he's a um, he's a round round one pick one in the draft with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh man. Um, he's he's a five time All Star. Um, his jersey got retired by Cleveland, and he started like fifty. He's like fifty four years old, and I've cut him. He's one of my clients now. I've been cutting him for a while now. Um, he's a very Humble, humble guy. He's a very nice guy. Um, I've also cut Yevmin Mercedes. He's a he's a catcher for the for the Chicago White Sox right now. Yeah, yeah. And um, he started his career right now. He's it's his it's his second year, I believe. And and he's a he's a great guy too. He lives um he lives in the community as well, in the Lake Nona community. Okay. And and future NBA player Peyton Pritchard, he, um, he's he's one of one of the best point guards that ever played in the University of Oregon. I've been to Oregon a couple. I've been to Oregon twice. So, so yeah, um, I have cut the whole team as well. So, so it's been it's been a great experience, you know. Definitely. And, you know, meeting new people, traveling. You know, it's 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 something it's something exciting. You know, it's it's. 
and the and the guys are great too, you know. And I had the opportunity to be able to to be able to cut them, you know, like the whole team. And the first time I went was in July, and then I went back in November. I was planning on going for um I was planning on going every four months, mm-hmm. but with this whole coronavirus, I I couldn't go. I couldn't go now. So so it is what it is, you know. We're just but we stay in touch and stuff. That's awesome. It's been a great experience so far. And it has to be a hell of a, a thing to put on your resume, man. Like, hey, man, I don't, I don't yeah, cut yeah. a whole D1 team's hair. You know, some retired athletes, you know, a couple current, you know, athletes. You know, like, that has to be something tremendous on your portfolio when you walk into a shop and you're like, you know, hey, hire me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very... It's very, um, it's good stuff. Um, it's an honor, you know, like to be able to give them haircuts. It's, um, you feel good about yourself, you know, like in a way. Um, and it's, it's, it's a great experience. It's a great experience because you actually talk to those people, you know, like, like directly, you know, and it's something I've never experienced in my life. And, and I'm blessed, you know, I'm very happy. Man, that's amazing. Man, let me ask you, if you could sit anybody in your chair and give them one of your signature cuts, who would you choose? I would choose Kawhi Leonard. Ooh, that's an Kawhi interesting Leonard choice. One of my he's he's an impactful player. He's humble, talented, and a very well rounded young man. Um I've been following him since since he started playing with uh with the Spurs, with the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. Until now that he's with the with the with the LA Clippers, you know he's he's a very he's very quiet, you know, and he just got his work done and that's it, you know. He doesn't talk with no one. He just got it done, and and that's one of my favorite players. So I would love to cut him one day. So man, what would you give him? Because he rocks the the braids, you know. Like what what do you, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, he's got braids. Man, just I give mean, him a the edge only up. thing I would give him is just an edge up, a crispy edge up. Hey you know? man, <laughs> but that's about it. But 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 I always follow him, you know, and all the other players in the NBA as well. I'm very, I love I love the NBA and the sport of basketball. So yeah, man, uh, I would like to get there one day. And yeah, man. So let me ask you how you know you mentioned community quite a few times when talking about, you know, your experience in barbering, you know, how do you feel that, you know, the barbershops fit in each community, especially, you know, knowing that, you know, for us as, you know, African-American and, yeah. you know, Latin men, you know, the, the barbershop is a big spot for us in our communities. That's our safe haven, our man spot. You know, we go to talk a little shit and, and, and you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And, you know, get, get cleaned up and, and embrace each other even, you know, so, like, how do you feel that, you know, the barbershop, even in 2020, still plays an important part in communities? In communities, it's very, it's very important to have a barbershop in a community because it's a time where everyone wants to relax. You know, they just want to, they just want to relax, take some time off. You know, it's like, it's like when the girls want to get a pedicure or they want to, or they want to get their hair done or they want to get their nails done. It's, I see it the same way as barbering when guys go to the barbershop because they just, it's like, it's like they want to relax and it's like stress-free, you know, all they want to do is talk shit, like you said, sorry for the language. Um, oh, you're good, but They just want to, they just want to, they just want to have a good time, you know, and just talk to their barbers, 
and and it's and some barbershops is a hangout spot and some barbershops that you know they're not a hangout spot it it like it all depends on the area and the in the community as well but but it's very important you know everyone needs haircuts you know and and everyone wants to look fresh but but it's very important man you also have to get involved in the community as well you know what i mean you as a barber you have to get involved in the community so you know so people know who you are you know where you work at you know what i mean it's a it's it's very important you know right you know, and especially, you know, with us, like I say, being from Sanford, man, a small city, mm-hmm. less probably around 50,000 people total, you know, if that, yep, yep. you know, uh, you know, you, you've had the experience working there. Now you're in a bigger, you know, uh, you know, city of Orlando, Lake Nona. So, like, mm-hmm. do you feel that, you know, it helps you in your, you know, uh, profession to come from that small city where, you know, like at Sean's, you know, you, you probably have a set list of clients who come there on a, every other Saturday, you know, every two Saturdays, or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm here. So like, you know, you, you build that client relation, you build that, that, you know, that personal touch. Do you think that having that growing up in the city that we grew up in helps with, you know, your aspirations of becoming a celebrity barber, because you will, you know, then have the skills to, uh, you know, to like communicate effectively and to, you know, keep that touch with each of your clients. Do you think that, you know, our upbringing kind of helps with that? I mean, being being that Sanford is a small city, there is not a big population of celebrities that I could have direct contact with, which which I will say is a downfall of coming from Sanford. Mm-hmm. But um on the on the contrary, when you come from a small community, you are able to create a close relationship with others in your industry who would be open to help to help you become part of a bigger network um you know it's it's you know i had for me to for me to chase my dreams i had a i had a you know i had to get out of sanford and i had to go to like you know like to the bigger city like you said um orlando or lake nona and to expose yourself you know and to expose your work I'm not saying um, like Sanford, like Sanford's a great city. I love Sanford. I'm from Sanford, you know, and I've been raised there. And it was something that I didn't want to leave Sanford. You know what I mean? I like, like it's home, you know, like Sanford's home. You know, it's like, um, I feel uncomfortable when I, when I, when I go somewhere else, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't feel right. right. But, but for me to chase my dreams, I had to get out of my comfort zone and, and go somewhere else to help me achieve that goal that I have, you know, and, and in less than a year, less than a year, it, it has helped me tremendously because in the Lake Nona community, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of retired people, a lot of, a lot of celebrities that live around that area, professional golfers, you know, a lot of, a lot of artists that live in that area and, and it's going to help me like it's going to help me reach that goal. And plus the resume that I have so far, it keeps adding up, you know, to the people that I've cut, like the celebrities I've cut, they can spread the word, you know, Hey, you know, like he's my barber, you know, and, and it'll help me as a whole because celebrities, all they want to go is to Orlando. They go to Orlando. They never go to Sanford. You know what I mean? Like, right. 
they always want to get a haircut in the bigger cities, like in Orlando. You know what I mean? That's that's the only chance of you get, getting out there. You know what I mean? And people knowing who you are. You know, in Sanford, it's very tough. Unless I unless I create, unless I'm a full time celebrity barber in the future, and I want to come down to Sanford and do my own little thing in Sanford, then it's different because I already created I already created something in Orlando that I could bring it down to Sanford, you know, in a way. Definitely. So, but it's, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's, I had to move, you know, because I was working in Sanford for a year, for a year and, and two months. And while I was already working there, I already had something in mind, you know, like what I wanted to be. And, and I have a cousin, I have a cousin that works in Orlando that works at that same barbershop. So he was the one, he was the one that brought me over there and I got recommended to work there. So I have a cousin that's a barber also, but, um, but, um, that's how, that's how I started over there. And not everyone works at that barbershop where I'm at right now, because it's very like for you to work at that barbershop, you have to have, you have to have a lot of experience and, and thank God in the, in the three years that almost four years that I've been cutting hair, I was able to work at that barbershop, you know, and, and I'm blessed to work there. It's a very nice barbershop. Man, that's awesome. You know, and, and, uh, you know, you, you talk a lot about, like you said, you know, you, you hate having to, you know, bring your talents out of Sanford, seeing that that's our home and our basis, you know, but, exactly. you know, location you know, is, is everything, you know, in, in a lot of industries, yeah. do you feel that it's the same in barbering and, you know, placing a barbershop, building one, having one, do you think location is everything? What you said, excuse me, that is different where? Oh, do, do you think that uh, location is everything when uh, building a barbershop? Is important? Yeah. In what way? Uh, I mean, like you said, you know, like the, with the, you know, aspirations that you have to become a celebrity barber. Unfortunately, exactly. you know, we don't have the opportunity much in Sanford, but in Orlando, you have a, a lot better opportunity, you know? So, you know, um, in, in, you know, when people build their barbershops and, and, you know, open them up, do you think that location is everything in the profession of barbering? Yes. Yes, it is. Location, location is very important where you locate your barbershop when you build it, but it all depends what, like it all depends on your goals you know what i mean if you just want to give back to the community or if you want to just want to stay home and you want to build your own barbershop in sanford and you want to stay here and and you want to serve the people in the community and that's what you want to do then by all means you could do a barbershop in sanford you know you could do a barbershop anywhere you want but if your goals are different and you want to and you want to be you want to be a celebrity barber or you want to do this or you want to do that you have to you have to move you have to build your barbershop somewhere else where where you're gonna get exposed, you know? Like at a different location like Orlando, Miami, Chicago, you know, like big cities like that, New York, LA. Right. And you know, it like it all depends on your mindset, you know, on what you want out of it. You know what I mean? And and yeah, like it's very important the location, but it all depends what you actually want. You know, like what, like what's your mindset or what's your goals? You know, definitely, 
you know, and I feel like, you know, you kind of have to put the horse before the cart in this thing. Like you said, you know, you have to kind of build your brand and build who you are, you know, um, and, and your portfolio before you can kind of just put it, you know, your shop anywhere you want it to be, you know, um, you know, and, and I feel like, you know, the shops in the small cities, you know, that's not the Orlando, Miami, LA, Jacksonville's, you know, um, New York's, the shops that serve the small cities are more of like, you know, kind of the same thing, just on a, a smaller scale. You know, the people know me, I'm, I'm, I'm from here and I serve the mass of this city just because, you know, I have the support of this city. But when you're in the bigger scales, it's probably more of like the, you know, I have my name out there because I've gotten the chance to cut, you know, this person, that person in the third. And now people want to come to me no matter where I am. Exactly. That's what that's what I see, cause I was happy to cut in Sanford, man. You know, I was like, damn, I went to school here. Everyone knows me. You know, like like I'm able to promote myself easier here in Sanford. I have a lot of clientele, you know. And it was, and I've cut a lot of, I've cut a lot of classmates that I went, you know, my former classmates from Seminole. I've cut a lot of people, you know, and 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 it was great. You know what I mean? It was, it was great. But I wanted to create something different, you know. I wanted to create a brand, like you said. Like I want to expose myself, so I went to Orlando. But I would, once I create what I have already, and everyone knows me, then I'm I'll move. I could go back to Sanford, you know what I mean, and cut in Sanford, like you said. Anywhere I'm at, they're gonna come to me, no matter where I'm at. If I'm in Sanford, if you know, if I'm in Mount Dora. If I'm in Apopka, if I'm in Longwood, if I'm in Castleberry, you know what I mean? They're going to follow you regardless, no matter where you're at. So that's something I want to I wanna do, you know, someday in the near future, come back to Sanford and actually have the celebrities come to Sanford, you know, and know Sanford and, you know, and get to see what Sanford's like. You know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. So, so, because that's where I grew up. And man, you know, I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, we're, we're, you might get that opportunity real soon. You know, you know, we just had, you know, uh, yeah. Seminole High School alum, you know, Gabe Davis. He just went, you know, uh, in the fourth round of the NFL draft, you know, and he repped oh, Sanford yeah. hard, Gabe, man. Gabe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like yeah. we're getting, we're getting a lot of talent, you know, in the last 10 years, um, getting to, you know, to the NFL. Uh, we just had a young, a young guy. I think this year uh, signed to the Mets um, out of, from the state championship baseball team we just had in 2019, you know, so I, I definitely think yeah. you're going to get your opportunity here soon, you know, uh, because, you know, the one thing I believe about our city is that if you're from Sanford, you, you rep Sanford, you know, like I tell people all the time when I was in college, you know, I'm not from Orlando, I'm from Sanford, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from, I'm right. from by Orlando, I'm in a close proximity to Orlando, but I'm from Sanford, you know. And I think that just because of our athletics alone, you know, you would get that opportunity soon to be able to, you know. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent out here, man. Like sports. Definitely. There's a lot of talent here in Sanford, man. There is. A lot. We actually, a lot. I think between uh, Gabe, Ray Ray, um, I think we have about three active. Andre DeBose. Yeah. Andre DeBose. Yeah. yeah, man. Like, we, we, we got some some talent in the league currently, you know, like, and, and um, that's good, you know, because when they come back, they look out, so. You know, uh, I definitely think you'll be getting your opportunity here real soon, man. So, like, you know, obviously, you know, the industry's taking a hit with Corona, man. Um, 
it's, it's been hit. Like, tell us how, you know, uh, Corona has been affecting the barber life in your community and in your shop. It has affected us just um, dramatically, believe it or not. We've, we've all had to get adjusted to a new system. Wearing a mask for eight to nine hours a day has definitely been a challenge. And I'm not even in, in the healthcare. And I can't imagine how those how those must be. You know, it's 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 very tough, man. Wearing those masks for <laughs> for eight or nine hours, man, it's 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 crazy. I feel like I can't breathe. But um and and yeah, that's that's we just have to get adjusted to a new system that, that we created in order for, for us to give cuts, you know, and services to our clients. Definitely. And so it hasn't stopped your job, it's just altered it a little bit just how you do it yeah okay so man what steps have you taken to ensure like you know your uh the safety and protection of you yourself and your clients during corona i've I seen uh on your instagram page that you you know you just completed a certification uh of some sort you know so like tell us what what it is that you guys do in your shop and you know yourself personally to make sure that everything's you know up to code and and keeping you know the extra mile yeah, we, um, it's like the certification that I did, not everyone is supposed to do it. It's not, it's not, it's not required by the state, but our barbershop, the, the owner of the barbershop, he, he told us that we had to do it mandatory, you know what I mean? For our clients and for, and for their safety and as well as ours. And, and as you all must know, we've made a, we've made a policy that all clients and barbers must wear a mask. Mm-hmm. and wear gloves and dispose of them after every client. We have to disinfect the chairs. Every like every time we get them out the chair, we have to disinfect the chair, and we have to wait at least 10 minutes so everything dries up to fit our next clients. And we're just taking appointments right now. No walk-ins, just appointments. Man. And... Um, and we have to disinfect the clippers and the razor after each client. Obviously, that's that's everything we that's what we do every day. But um, and we're also not doing facial hair as well. We're not doing any facial hair at this time. Okay. We're not doing any facial hair because they can't remove. We can't have them remove their mask. So so all we're doing is just haircuts, just regular haircuts, and taking appointments. Man. And and the lobby, we have the lobby is is empty, so we have them waiting in their cars, and I'll just call my clients on my phone, and I'm like, hey, come on, you're next, you know, like I'm ready for you. Right. And they'll come in and sit down, but we can't have multiple people. Like say if say if it's two brothers, one of them has to stay outside, and the you know while the other brothers get getting haircut, and then once he gets out, then the other brother comes in, you know. We're not having no one standing around the barbershop. Like we're very, we're very strict on that. So, and there's some people that come in without masks, you know, and we have a, we have a sign in front of the door. We have a sign in front of the door saying, you know, like you have to wear a mask before you enter, you know, but people still don't read the signs or they read the signs and they still go in without a mask. So we try to, this, this, this whole week has been, has been a, a work in progress, you know, because most of the clients, most of the clients don't listen, you know, some of them do and some of them don't, 
and some of them read it and they don't care. But um, but we try, we try that every client has a mask. If not, they can't get a haircut. And especially with kids right now, I wouldn't do kids personally because because um because they're masked, you know, like it's wobbly, you know, like they have a lot of masks for different little kids that are not adjusted to their face. So mm. it keeps falling off and it keeps wild, you know, and they're moving around and you can't give them a good haircut, you know. So those those kids, we recommend them not getting a haircut, you know what I mean? So it's just it's just been it's just been it's been tough because we have to <laughs> I have to disinfect my phone every haircut, you know, sanitize my phone because they sign. Like, I swipe their cards on my phone and for each transaction and they sign. So I have to disinfect my phone, disinfect my gloves, dis- like, take them off, disinfect the chair, you know. It drains you mentally than physically, you know, than you actually cutting hair, you know, because of all the process that we're taking and all the precautions that we're taking. So, So it's been... It's been something we have to we have we have to get adjusted to, and we're still working on that. So it's been tough, but it's been it's been it's been something that we have to we have to adapt for for a quit, you know for a long time for at least at least two years until this until this settles down, you know. So definitely, man. I mean, but I know the anticipation has been at its highest. You know, I, I know just a lot of my personal friends. They they uh. Been waiting for the barbershop to open, man. Get their cuts, get their edge ups, you know, lineups, all that stuff, man. And uh, it, it has to be creating, you know, economically. It has to be, you know, pretty good to know that you have all of this business coming back to you. Yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. But it's been a little. It's been a little steady. You know, it hasn't been as busy as it was before. You know what I mean? Because some people are scared to come out for houses and stuff. And I and I totally understand that because I didn't want to work personally. I didn't want to start working this early, but I had to. You know, I have to pay bills and stuff like that. You know, like personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And and you have to keep going. You know, I didn't. It's you know it's it's been a tough two months without working. You know, but. But now, now that we're just doing regular haircuts, that we're not doing beards, you know, like we're not doing these extra services because it requires them to take off their masks. So obviously, obviously we're gonna, we're getting paid, you know, well, we're not getting paid, but we're getting paid a little less. But it's not, it's not, it's not as much, but we're getting paid a little less because we're just doing haircuts. But I'd rather I'd rather do that and stay safe, you know, and, and until until everything settles down then we start adding the services back, you know. The the beards and the and the massage, the hot towels and all that good stuff. But for right now we're good just doing appointments, you know. Definitely. I've been I've been booked I've been I've been booked this week, you know, so I've been I've been good. That's awesome, man. So like with your shop in particular, tell me how you know, booking goes, you know, I know some shops, you know, uh, you, you, you kind of, you know, they have an app, you know, and they pick the barber they want the time, day, all that stuff. Some people are, you know, it's still kind of more old school. It's like, all right, I'm coming to you next Saturday. So like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how does that work for your shop? I mean, our shop, we, um, we don't have like, everyone has a, has a different booking. You know, like everyone has their own has their own way of booking. 
for their for their appointments um it's just up to the person or up to the barber and i have mine set up with with the booking app it's it's called square and and you're able to book from you know like you go to a website because the barbershop have has has its own website mm-hmm. and you go you go to that website and there's two locations there's one on alafaya on colonial mm-hmm. and there's one in lake nona that's my shop that i work right now right and because he has two shops so so they go to the to the lake nona section and they'll see all the barbers there like their pictures of each barber and then each barber has a way of doing their appointment so it'll show a link or say because some because some barbers um they just have their phone number you know what i mean so clients will just text them and book their appointments through text messages but i have mine set up with square so mine has a link under my picture there's a link and you click on the link and then it'll go directly to my booking page and you can book your appointments through there and you can check the availabilities you know and and the days that you want to get a haircut at okay. stuff like that Definitely. So the barbershop has their own website where you go straight to the website and you book. So a lot of people have been like a lot of people that don't do appointments, they have trouble going to, to the internet, you know what I mean? And trying to schedule an appointment like for elder, um, for elderly people, I just, I don't have them go to the website to be honest. I just, cause they don't know how to navigate through the internet and stuff. And I just tell them, I just tell them what day they want their haircut. And then um, I'll put it in my in my application in my booking app. I'll just put it there. You know what I mean? Like I'll do it myself manually, so they don't have to go through the website and stuff like that. Because they they have trouble with that. Okay, that's awesome, man. Man, tell us what what do you think it was your hardest uh thing to to get over in your journey to becoming a barber? Like, what do you think was your biggest setback? My biggest setback is, uh, I mean, when I first started barbering, it was it was very tough. Like I said, it was it was something that I wasn't ready for. I was in school and I didn't know nothing at all because in school they just teach you theory, you know, like the theory like of sanitation, you know, all bookwork. They were good with the bookwork, you know, but right. when it came to hands on, it wasn't that great. Um, you know, like they don't teach you that well. The only person that the only teacher that really helped me in school was Berman. Um, he helped me a lot. That he's a, he's an excellent barber. He's a really great barber in Orlando as well. Um, he taught me he taught me in school on how like how to cut certain certain style of haircuts. And but you mostly learn you mostly learn in the barbershop. You know, once you start in the barbershop, you learn a lot. You know. That's like that's that's where I that's where I learned a lot in the barbershops, and and I was doing horrible, you know. Like I could be honest with you, I was doing bad, you know. And something that set me back was the negative comments. The negative comments are doubting you, you know. Um, I had worked with a couple barbers in that barbershop where I first started at. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, damn, you know, like you shouldn't be a barber, you know, like you should do this, or I don't think that. You know what I mean? But I was starting to cut hair. I didn't know how to cut hair, to be honest. I just jumped in. You know, I just jumped in and attacked. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to cut hair. Even if I messed up, I'll still, you know, like, I'll learn from it. You know what I mean? So I didn't care what other people 
said, but at the same time, it made me difficult. Like, it was tough for me to progress as a barber and to get better because of all the negative comments. And and it was something where I doubted myself as well. It was a point where I doubted myself where I wanted to quit, you know. Because it was, uh, it was like four months or six months straight that I was doing terrible. Like I wasn't, I wasn't doing good at all. You know, like there were like, it was like four to six months where I was doing horrible. You know, that I wasn't even doing good at all. Like no progress, no nothing. And one of the barbers sat down with me. He was like, yo, I think this is not for you. You know, you should do something else. And I was like, I was in shock. You know what I mean? Cause you're supposed to encourage me. You're supposed to support me. You know, you're supposed to give me advice, you know? And with all those negative comments, I just stick through it. And, and, and that also motivated me to become, you know, like the best barber or, or, you know, or the best all around barber or to get better or into becoming a celebrity barber, you know what I mean? Or to become something big. And, and that's what motivated me the most, you know, to become better. And I actually had a passion for it as well. You know what I mean? So so that also helped me a lot. My passion of cutting hair helped me a lot Definitely. to where I'm at right now. You know, so Definitely. it was tough. Man, yeah. that's awesome, man. Um, So what's next? You know, like, you know, uh, you're in a good shop. You're in a good spot. You're doing well. Um, what What's next for you? What's What's your next step in your journey? My next step is, um, well, just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, just keep doing what I'm doing. Just cutting, traveling, traveling and cutting athletes and and sometimes I just want to have my own little, my own little studio or my own little barbershop, just cutting my clients, you know, just cutting my, my celebrities and my clients as well in the Lake Nona community or, or visiting Stanford, you know, right. either or, and, and just have my own, my own, my own studio or my own shop, just me, you know, just me by myself and my clients, you know, and, and eventually and eventually just eventually just travel and cut celebrities instead of instead of having my own studio or my own shop i um i also want to travel around and cut a lot of celebrities you know and live off you know and live off that you know instead of having my own shop i'm traveling and i'm cutting hair at the same time and i'm also enjoying the time you know like i'm also enjoying the weather or the or the different places that i'm going you know and making money at the same time, it's something, it's something neat, you know, that Definitely. I would like to accomplish as well. Yeah. So, Plans for wife or kids at all in any of this? I mean, I have a wife, that's it, but I got no kids. <laughs> oh, you're married I now? I recently got married. I recently got married a couple of days ago. Wow. Congratulations, man. But I don't have no kids. Thank you. Man, congratulations. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm moving to Lake Nona next week, too, so I'll be living in Orlando next week yeah man that is awesome and I'm, I'm glad to hear that man mm -hmm. uh oh that's that's yeah. awesome so wife's wife's i'm sure excited you know to go ahead and get this journey started so she can start traveling with you too yeah as well um she has um she has traveled with me to oregon so um she's been with me to oregon she's always she's always been there for me and always supports me and anything i want you know i want to get done and and she's been she's been very supportive um I took I took it to Oregon twice. I went to Oregon twice. 
I had a I had a trip planned to go to to LA as well this summer, but but with with this whole coronavirus, it just you know I I can't go to LA this summer. But soon enough, when everything gets back to normal, hopefully then I'll be going to LA for a couple of days. Man, that's awesome, man. But, but she's been through it all. That's you know? that is I great, man. It. Man, I, I know anybody we ever talked to, you know, it the the central point is having somebody close to you be that backbone to you, you know. And I, I know that's important to you know, not even just for the success of your business, but the success of yourself, you know, the 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 mental support, physical support, all that, you know, like it's good to always have somebody there right behind you. Yep. Man, it's, this has been a great interview, Stephen, man. It's been awesome catching up with you. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting ready to close out our interview, and we always ask everybody, you know, that we interview one question. Um, and whatever it is that they do, and in your case, barbering, do you do it for profit? Do you do it for passion? Or do you do it for purpose? I do it. I do it for passion. It's something that I that I love to do. I don't care. I don't really do it for the money at all. You know, it's it's something I love to do. You know, like it's it's a it's a passion that I have, and 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 in most cases, there's people that do it just for the money. You know, and they don't really like what they do. But I just I love it. Like I love it. It's like it's like a it's like a hobby at the same time. It's a career and a hobby. You know, like it's something I love to do. So at any time. So passion. That's love it, man. They say, you know, that if, uh, if you, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, exactly. That's great, man. Well, thank everybody for, you know, for tuning in to the on my way podcast with our interview with Steven, the barber out of Lake Nona, Florida. Tell them where to find you, Steven. Excuse me. Uh, tell, tell the people where to find you, man. Instagram, Twitter, uh, oh, Instagram. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Steven blend dot official you can follow me through there and see my latest post my haircuts and all the all the good stuff awesome and what's the shop address and the name again hakas barbershop j-a-j-a-c-a-s barbershop perfect man and make nona and we will be posting this on our page on our story and everything so that way all of our central florida followers can definitely you know uh get in contact with you again we thank you for your time today i'm your main man the big easy tuning out thank you awesome